0: Hey, Slay Nation. It's your host, Heather. I'm back with another episode of the So She Slays podcast, but I'm not the only one who's here. Obviously, we have a special guest, but our co-founder, Chauncey, is here. Super excited to have you.
1: I'm super excited to be here. We have the amazing founder of Culture House, Carrie Twig. Please tell us everything about you. We're super excited to have you. I'm super excited to be part of this. So please, Carrie, tell us everything, how wonderful you are, how dope you are. We're excited like, introduce <laughs> you to our audience.
2: Thank you, thank you both for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so as you said, I'm the one of the founders of Culture House, we're a Black, Brown, women-owned production company. We make television shows and films. Um, we made The Hair Tales with Tracy Ellis Ross last year and Growing Up with Bree Larson. Uh, and, you know, we're trying to make dope TV and film that's entertaining, but also has a purpose and teaches us something or says something about who we are and who we're trying to be. Um, and I come to film and TV from politics and government, which feels really far away, but it's not um, in this kind of bizarre universe wormhole thing, but, you know, t- to me, it's not a coincidence. I was in the White House for a lot of years um, and it's not a coincidence that I think so many people have left the Obama era and have gone into storytelling. We're at this moment where our our pop culture is really making these massive sort of decisions about who we are and it is, our pop our culture is determining the scope of what's possible and the parameters of what's possible and that's the form that government has to function in. And so if government can only do what the culture will allow. That's not always the case, that's not I think it's a cyclical reality. There have been times when our government has determined what culture we have. Um and there are times when our culture determines what government we have and we're in that moment where Culture is really the most kind of significant and important and, and directionally in charge force in, in our society. And so as someone who cares really deeply about what we, how the, the world that we live in, being a part of culture is a really important part of um, how I see myself in the world.
0: And I want I you to that. kind of elaborate on your you skimmed <laughs> over it just a little yeah, bit. I skimmed, you skimmed a little too much. Um, you you held some pretty prestigious positions, I would say, yes. in the White House. Can you elaborate?
1: Please brag about yourself for a quick second, please. <laughs> <laughs> because like honestly, like you are an amazing individual. So you gotta brag about yourself. We wanna hear it.
2: Yeah. So I was uh I, I did. I had a very fancy title. It was special assistant to the president and director of public engagement for vice then vice president Biden. Um, but essentially what that meant was I worked in an office called the Office of Public Engagement, and then I ran the Office of Public Engagement for um for Joe Biden. And basically it means. All the people, everything government wants to do, I mean, we don't have a great, we're not great at understanding how civics actually function in this country. And so everything we want to do requires the buy-in of people all over the country. And that could be senators and representatives, it could be mayors, it could be governors, it could be voters, right? Everything the federal government does sort of has to go through all of these hoops essentially to get people to support it in order for us to then do it. And so my job at the Office of Public Engagement was to make sure that those hoops we were jumping through, that we actually made it through them, right? That the people who needed to support whatever we were trying to do, whether it's pass the Affordable Care Act or repeal, don't ask, don't tell, or raise the minimum wage or do all of these things, um, my job was to help make sure that we had the buy-in we needed to do in order to accomplish those policy priorities.
0: And buy-in from the public, I'm guessing, or buy-in to- From, from,
2: From public, from elected officials, from the heads of corporations to the, you know, I mean, it could really, every issue has its own set of people that care about it. So not everyone, just like all of us, right? I don't care about everything. There's all sorts of things I don't have enough opinion Fast. on. I don't have enough time. I don't, I right? Don't, I, ha- I, don't. I, I, I don't, she doesn't have the energy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so that's very much the case on any number of issues, right? Not everyone cares about how our police can conduct themselves. Not everyone cares about the environment, as we know painfully. not everyone. Right? Not everyone cares about healthcare and health access. So it's about a knowing who does care, knowing how they care, what they care about, understanding the intensity to which they care um and figuring out where your common ground is and how you guys you all can be on the same team and pull in the same direction Mm -hmm. I love that like so
1: like you said earlier a lot of people from the Obama administration actually became storytellers so Mm -hmm. can you please tell us about your you're the one of the founding members of Culture House tell us like a little bit about that you work with Tracy Ellis Ross like I watch hair tales like I know exactly what you've done so like talk about how that started I'm excited to hear about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that one's such, it was such a beautiful show. Um, And Tracy is such an extraordinary producer and host and just mind. I mean, it just, she's she's really an extraordinary human being. our our work at Culture House really focuses on that intersection of pop culture and politics. It's everything we care about, all the founders. We're all people who, in one way or the other, want to make the world a better place. But we also recognize that people know where to the, where to go if they want a sermon. They know where to go if they want a lecture. And it's not Hulu, right? Yeah, That's it's <laughs> not why people go to Netflix, is to be told all the things that at. like it's just. It's just not what happens. And so, and people have so many choices, right? Mm -hmm. And so someone's attention is actually a very precious uh, thing. And so we're really hyper aware that if you're going to make a TV show, it needs to be really entertaining in order to get an audience, but it also has to have a soul. It has to have a purpose and a pulse for us to make it. And I don't, you know, people can make whatever TV shows they want that have probably, negative impacts on on both the audience and on society fine that's not what i'm trying to do and so without being like preachy or on being on a high horse about it so um that show is a perfect example of stuff we love right there was the the world that is um that is black women in our hair, which is spectacular and joyful and fascinating and full of art and life, but also really substantive because it is an inner, it is a place where we can declare our, our autonomy. It's a place where we are discriminated against, you know, the number of people who asked me not if, but when I was getting my hair relaxed before I started work at the white house. Um, was re- i mean it was remarkable and <laughs> just like to go work for black people what <laughs> are you talking about um and yet it's still and it wasn't just like nosy black biddy aunties like it was I mean, some I've very, very rarely straightened my hair, but I have and people will just be like, Oh God, it looks so much better. <laughs> They're just like fuck off. It's it's it's, rude. it's fucking annoying.
1: It's fucking annoying to have you like, Oh, you're wearing braids today. That's different. Um, it's because I
2: can do multiple things in my hair, please. Yeah. So thank you. So it's this whole it, it, it's so it's this whole world that is both full of extraordinary beauty and positivity and joy and wonder um, and also a real place that becomes a symbol of the ways in which we are um, seen and observed and or not seen or not observed or not cared for. And and that tension is something that's really exciting for us mm-hmm. to make a show about, right? It's It can be beautiful, but also um, hopefully open eyes or change um, something that needs to be changed or evolve a conversation that needs attention. And to get to do it with someone like a Tracy Ellis Ross is really exciting.
0: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and you also, um, we were talking a little bit offline, you do have another show in the works. And uh, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. I mean, we have so many shows in the works, but one that I actually get to talk to you about at this point, it's so funny, you know, uh, people joke with me all the time that I, um, I like don't get the, all the secrecy around television shows because I come from a world where secrets were actual life or death secrets yeah. like real secrets like, yeah like <laughs> real mean, okay. like like she could go secret. down kind of secrets like, shit like could go top down. secret means something where yeah. I where I spent my 20s um and so now people are like you know this the show no one just like no one cares what okay fine <laughs> all right if that's a secret to you guys okay um <laughs> But so I have a bunch of unannounced shows that I'm not allowed to talk about, but one that I'm really excited about that we've really been working on for a long time. And it's actually the first show that Culture House sold um, is going to be on Netflix, I think in about a a few weeks. And it's about women in hip hop. um, And it's a four part series that really looks at the ways that women have been absolutely foundational, instrumental to building hip hop and this global force at every single step of the way. And it's really about a lot, both the joyful, beautiful, again, artistic, the fashion, the innovation, all the things that women contributed to this culture, to this music, as well as all the ways that we continue to perpetuate these really messed up dynamics where we erase their work, where we undervalue their work, where we um, exclude and diminish women, and the ways that that really happens to women at every single rung and every single industry in the economy in this country, um, and really in in so many places in the world. we create economies based on scarcity. We limit mm-hmm. opportunities. We force women to compete against one another. The glass ceiling, we can we only allow one woman to shine at one time. We hold them against double standards. We don't pay them for as much money. We diminish the work that they do um, over and over and over again. And we know that that happens to all of us, but it becomes, again, like I was saying earlier, it has to be entertaining. You have to want to watch it, right? Like I can mm-hmm. write you a policy paper on economies based on scarcity um, in the global economy and no one will read it. Cause it'll be really boring. Like my mom would read it, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but if we, if we use hip hop and all of the dope kind of visual and artistry that's in hip hop to tell that story we're broadening that conversation as well as giving women flowers that really deserve them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so much discussion about hip hop and cool her DJing a party in the Bronx in the 70s, right? But that was his sister's party his sister threw that party to raise money because she wanted some fly outfits for school. And she put her brother on the decks. And so she's the godmother, right? But we talk about him as the godfather and really erase the fact that she platformed him. Mm. She's the one who put him on. And that dynamic is replicated over and over and over and over again, where you have women creating the conditions for hip hop to thrive, thriving themselves, and then being diminished, being undervalued, Um, not being allowed to be the best because they're women. Um, And so it's just a fascinating, it was a fascinating world. It's four part series on Netflix. um, And we're just really stoked that we got to do it. Everything from the inception to people who are out now and on the rise um, today, it's all women. Um, So often so many projects about hip hop, they'll like like have one episode be about yes. women, or like five minutes tacked on. Oh yeah, end. it's five minutes. Okay, you know? part of it. And, it's set. Four hours. There's not a single man in this in this doc. I love uh, that. Yeah, yeah, we're really
1: excited about it. That's a big deal because honestly, like people always diminish and forget that women actually were trailblazers in hip hop. They only think of like maybe two or three hip-hop artists that were like prominent in the hip-hop culture which like they're amazing but like you forget about the people who actually were part of it beforehand or behind the scenes being the lawyers being the advocates being the producers yeah people forget that
2: and just like how how many names that's right how many names are forgotten right yes how many names like the women were there the whole time killing it right
1: like I remember growing up and I remember like you know of course listening to music and hip-hop and like I remember hearing Queen Latifah like you know you and I was like this is so dope but you only hear about certain people each time you don't even hear about the other people in hip-hop like the Little Kims the Foxy Browns that was a huge deal and they're only one person can be in the spot like in the 90s yep. and they are both incredible rappers you know and hip-hop artists so you know it's always something. They always try to pit
2: us against each other, which is very sad, but that's how it is in the world though. Mm-hmm. And it's changing, which is great, right? It's it's really amazing. One of the things that we love about the project is that, and, and a project that spans so much time, is you really get to see where progress has been made and that deserves to be recognized and deserves to be applauded and then where progress hasn't, Right. Um, the fact is that if you were a female MC or a rapper in the eighties and you got pregnant, like your career was probably over, um, or it was dramatically harder for you to succeed in that industry. You look to today and it's like, Cardi B's like, who's going to get my pregnancy announcement. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And everyone's (laughs) lined around the block. Trying to like get her, you know. Yes, our number. of this and the, like, it, so it's just it's a totally different world, and that's extraordinary. But it also came with a lot of people who were sacrificed, and whose careers were sacrificed. And it took with women like drawing a line and being like, absolutely not, right? And so we really explore a lot of what are the conditions that allow for progress and, and where have we made it? And then where have we not? And we need to be really honest that sometimes in in many ways we haven't made progress. Right.
0: What are some of those ways that we haven't made progress? Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, the gen, the pay gap, I mean, women are still paid dramatically less. Um, than men. Um, women still control less of the kind of decision-making authority on to your but on the behind the scenes, right? Heading up record labels, heading up tour companies, heading up sort of the nuts and bolts mechanics that decide determine the financial futures of um of stars. You're st- I mean music industry is incredibly predatory um mm. we're still seeing a lot of artists who get horrible deals um you're talking about young people with gaps in financial and legal literacy that they you know that and and they' are taken advantage of and that's still very much a um a typical and and uh common story um and so, and double standards, right? We are, you know, you look at the kind of hubbub or the kind of moral outrage over WAP. Yes. I know, yeah. It's just like.
0: But there's way worse lyrics about <laughs> and, us. I'm like, and, have anybody listened to any song recently that was, okay. you
1: know
2: what I'm saying? Okay, get
1: low. Skeet, like, skeet, skeet, was a really big thing.
2: And I was like, oh, but WAP I mean? is different.
1: Okay, right. great. So,
2: yeah. But when women do it, like all hell breaks loose. And so- um those are areas that we still have that we don't have a quality even close no and i can't imagine the royalties
1: behind it because you know we probably don't get the same royalties percentage from like you know other male artists
2: if you're even able to own
1: your own music your, your work right? yeah like i've seen people re-record re- their albums and when, when they're 12 years old because they don't have they don't have ownership of it anymore yep which is horrible
2: And so like, and and that's, so the things that you're offered in the beginning, and again, this is true for, for people everywhere, right? What you're offered at the beginning sets the stage for how you will progress in seniority through your job. So if you start a job at $30,000 a year, but your male counterpart starts at 45, like when he gets a raise, he's going to 50 you're going to 36, right? And you'll just never catch up. That's the same in a lot of these in, in 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 music, right? So if you get a deal, but you're not offered publishing, or like, you know, but your publishing goes to your manager, whatever the things are, right? Those same deals like might not be, they're more predatory for women in, in many cases than they are for men. Um, and and so that just women start off behind.
0: Mm. I don't know. I I have like, it's one of those things where I don't think people see, because what it is, is that whole conversation was full of just buzzwords. Right. And like, we've, we've heard this argument so many times, but I don't think people really attribute it to the different industries that make up our economy and the different jobs that people have and how that translates over And I mean, I can't even tell you how many times women in tech is one of those ones too, where it's like, they just don't get, you know, they don't get the same opportunities or they're not trusted or they're, you know, you know, stuck to the side. And I can't even tell you how many friends came to me and was just like, I over, like, I accidentally saw my, you know, male counterparts check. What the fuck? Yeah.
1: I was that one of her
0: friends. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Like to be a woman, but to be a woman of color is even worse in the industry because I get paid even lesser than another woman would, which is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Even though we're doing the same amount of work or even more, or have like all these different things. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch your Netflix documentary because honestly, like I love music. Everyone knows that Heather and I are like big music people. So to have like a spotlight for women, just about women for four hours, I said like a measly five minutes is going to be actually key to other generations to see how women have been impactful yeah. in this industry, which is important for everyone in the world to watch. This not women, but men. Everyone should watch this to know women actually are very are very motherfucking essential rather than just, you know, we have a, a line on a, on a song real quick. and That's all we do.
2: Right. And it's like the number of women rappers that write for men yes there's so many like it's just it's just wild it's ghostwriting you never know it's absolutely wild how this like it's such a myth um it's just there's so much mythology about how that men are better rappers it's incredible it's cute that they think that it's cute it's cute yeah it is it's cute
0: Um, but it's over and over
2: and over again and it's everywhere I mean it happens everywhere yeah
0: yeah well and I always like to say too like to our listeners you know we come on here and we point out a lot of these things um but what is it as individuals that we can try and do differently to try and like help make this change push it along all that kind of stuff
2: yeah I mean it's really tough right because it's not as it's the individual is important, but it's, it's really about the system, mm, right? Right. And so there's, we really need to be much more mindful about the way in which we are propping up a system that allows this kind of thing to be culturally acceptable. Mm. And that's a mu- that's a much harder answer to
0: be perfectly honest. I wish, I wish we could just women. sum that up. Right. <laughs>
2: But it is about who you elect, it is about what you watch, everything you buy, everything you interact with, how long you pause on a particular Instagram story, like all of that data is being tracked and then is shaping the world in real time. And so you need to, we need to stop watching things that objectify women. You need to stop streaming music. You need to stop participating in things that signify that we don't care about what is being said, we don't care about how we're being treated, we don't care about these things. Um, And I realize how kind of preachy that sounds. I really No, it's not. But but it's it's what the answer is. It means women have to vote. It means women have to like very seriously consider that every single thing you do has real significance to the world that you live in. And on an individual basis, you know, the reality is you're not always going to be the most powerful person in a room, but sometimes you will be. And Mm so um, power and privilege are relative terms. Um, There are rooms that I am in that I am the most privileged and the most powerful person at the table. And there are rooms where I'm in, where I am the least privileged and the least powerful person at a table. But the minute I recognize that I have privilege and power, it's like, well, then I get to set the rules and what rules are we going to abide by? And how am I going to share my power? How am I going to share my privilege? Or how am I going to create conditions that allowed other people in addition to me to thrive? And that, is a constant practice. I mean, I, I like in a lot of the make like, making the world a better place is kind of the same as having abs. Like, <laughs> you don't, like you don't get to do 25 sit-ups 10 years ago and then have abs for the rest of your life. It's I not wish
0: That'd be, not you know,
2: <laughs> right? Not but it's the same, it's the same thing. If you want the world to be a better place or if you want there to not be racism or you want there to not be sexism or you want the, whatever the thing is, right? You don't get to like, be like, hey, that's not a cool joke 10 years ago and then never do anything ever again. Um, You have to make a choice every day to work on that. In the same way that you have to make a choice every day not to have the grilled cheese, but to have the salad or not to sit and watch 12 hours of TV, but to like go and walk around or go to Pilates or do whatever you're doing. If you want this thing, you have to work for it. That is how kind of everything in the world works. Yeah. And the same is true if you want to make conditions for women better. You have we have to it's a huge thing we have to change. We have to change society. It's just massive. There's 330 million people in this country. Ooh. Um it is a it's the third most populous country in the world. It's gigantic. Um and that means that like it requires discipline
0: to say the least. I mean, like you put it that way. Definitely. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is such a huge mountain. Um, it's, it's hard not to look at that mountain and be like, wow.
1: Oh. But we have advocates yeah. like yourself who is advocating for this change, which is essential because this is not, if you told me 20 years ago, these conversations would we'll be having, and I'm in like, I'm in my thirties like these 20 years ago, this conversation would not be something I would hear on like TV, like outright, you know?
2: Right. So and like, it's not just us. There's m- yeah. tens of millions of people who are working every single day to try and make the world better yeah. for so you. Like you can, me. you can do your part, right? Like, yeah, you like just do step do a little some, some. I mean, <laughs> think about it. It's like, I go, I travel a lot and now it's like, I'll go to Ohio or something and I'll get a plastic straw and I'm just like, who? <laughs> plastic straws anymore like what is this why would you give me this it's so weird and so progress happens really really quickly like it can happen really quickly if you get enough people on board um and so many of our problems as a nation as a society are not because there's not solutions it's because there's not enough desire Mm. for that case it, we can solve climate change. It is it is absolutely doable. We don't have the political will. We we don't have to shoot children who make a GPS mistake. That, the the fact that that happens is because we allow it to happen. Exactly. And it's not about the individual. It's about the system, but a system is made up of individuals. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a chicken and an egg, but until people get serious, until we take seriously that you, every single choice you make either contributes to a better world or doesn't, then we're, then we're lost. We need more people to understand that it does matter That instead of just going to a drinking fountain to get a sip of water and waiting till you get home when you can use a glass, that you buy a bottle of water. That actually matters. You are advocating for the continued use of plastics and the continued use of the end of the world uh, by. Clearly,
0: clearly, we already know
2: that that's going to happen.
1: Right? Like,
2: like People need, we need to accept, quit denying it. And I'm not saying I've never bought a, I, I'm surrounded by plastic, just like the I rest. have a
1: plastic bottle right here because it's the only water I had left. But yeah, like those
2: little changes you can make, like it's super easy. And it required easy. sacrifice. You're going to be thirsty for like 30 minutes. You'll be fine. Yeah. Wait, wait until you can have a glass. Yeah. It. That's just what it requires.
0: I hear like just a lot of like preventative measures and just a lot of like, I think it's just consideration. It's thoughtfulness is really what this kind of comes down to. It's just like knowing that every decision that you make has, I don't want to say a consequence because this has such a negative connotation, but like it does every, every, every choice you make leads to something else. Yeah, absolutely. And Um,
2: like, that's just a fact it is just a fact and and I think as as in one way that can be scary and then in another way it can be incredibly liberating because it means you're so much more powerful than you think you
0: are oh what a that good part, perspective I really that love part that. right there you are a lot more powerful than what you think you are because every choice you make leads to something else
1: you should trade more so we I love that because like,
2: that's true Yeah. You matter. Your choices matter. Everything you do matters. You're very, very important. People forget that. People always forget
1: that. But honestly, you matter and your choices matter to make other choices better. So Mm -hmm. like you matter at the end of the day. I think a lot of us, especially in recent years, we forget that we actually matter and our choices and what we think and our ideas are actually like need to be
2: heard. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Mm All right, Carrie. Wrapping up this conversation, where can people follow you, like, get a hold of you, or even just see all the greatness that you are bringing to this world? In your
1: Netflix documentary, too. We got to talk about that. Make sure you promote that.
0: Um, So I'm at Carrie Twig,
2: C-A-R-R-I-T-W-I-G-G on all the things um and you can find me yeah find me on the internet I'm really slow on <laughs> messaging which is I'll just tell everyone that now but um <laughs> but I like hearing from people so feel free to reach out just don't expect me to like text back the same day <laughs> <laughs> I love the like honesty I'm gonna get to I it. It. <laughs> just
0: like forewarning it's not totally <laughs>
2: I have such a low capacity for messaging. I'm just like, you either kind of need to come to my house or you need to like, I can send like four text messages a day and then I'm done.
0: It's just like, doesn't You know, if I lightweight really respect that because I, I wish. That. I want to be you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I basically treat all, all, um, forms of communication, like letters. I love that. <laughs> like i'll read it i'll sit down when it's time to read it and i'll write you back and you'll get it in three to four days
1: <laughs> and i love three or four business days probably too, i love that even more
0: <laughs> yeah. so healthy boundaries i'm about it um right? thank you so much for being thank on the podcast you. and i am really looking forward to checking out this documentary um just from you describing it you you've already had me hooked with all of this yeah. so i'm very excited to check it out um and thank tell you yeah thank you Yeah, of course. Um, Until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later. Thanks so much for listening.